Hello, and welcome to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast where my friends and I discuss geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. We're not experts, we're just a group of friends having a conversation. Just after we see a movie, we talk about it. Um, this episode is over The Fifth Element. Last month was the 20th anniversary for the movie, and we couldn't immediately jump on it because we were doing alien movies and we were trying to get through those, so we put this at the end of the month to celebrate, and I'm a huge fan, so this was super exciting. My wife, Kendall, was a, is a huge fan, and so she was excited. Matt was excited to go look back into this movie after not seeing it for a while, and Seth had never seen it before, and he brought shame upon this podcast that you'll find out a little later about why um real quick spoilers for the movie of course so i don't if you haven't seen it i don't know what you're doing here but there are also spoilers for agents of shield season four alien and prometheus but those should be fairly minor other than that guys enjoy the conversation we haven't been on yeah well i'm trying to think get my mind straight we haven't had a podcast since we were supposed to this was originally going to go up Wednesday. It's been pushed back because we've been busy. But I haven't watched anything new since our last podcast, except me and Kendall finally finished Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. For now. For now. And until it returns. I, lo- I love that show so much. Now, it, when it started, you didn't love it so much. Well, there was... Right? Like, you felt it I was still, kind of tedious. I still liked it, but the problem with the first season is it suffers from, like, filler episodes, mm-hmm. which I think is just because ABC called for 22, and right. you can only do so much of the main storyline with that. So there's a few in there that just feel like filler, Where, it, but then, like, as we've gone along, especially this last season, it's all so tightly knitted together. It feels like a full, a big movie. Oh, okay. Which, uh, there's just... It's my favorite of all the comic book TV shows currently mm-hmm. because, in my opinion, it just it'll go places others won't. In both, I saw like, you post that. depth, uh-huh. like it will just explore topics that lots of other people won't. Like, especially recently, they've been doing simulation theory, and mm. that just goes over people's heads. I think mm-hmm. for no normal TV viewer, right? Which the viewings were low this season mm-hmm. like this viewings went down and i think that was, might have just been too smart for people but also there's not the stakes are much higher than most shows i see i have a feeling this next season maybe it's last mm. oh i think so like especially it'll since be they're season, doing uh, season five right yeah they're doing the inhumans so it's kind of like the sweet it's a sweet soon. number well like, and the the cliffhanger for this season god i'm not gonna spoil it. it but it just goes like I, it's out of the park. Like I'm like, what? How far could they go? Ghost Rider came back, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is spoiling. Does he ever talk? Does he ever actually talk? Like the ghost the rider doesn't. The rider doesn't. Okay. I don't. Well, he might say some. He might. Uh, he may have said. Yeah. He know. might have said like a word. I was just curious because at like, some point, but I, I don't was, re- distinctively remember him I speaking. Was, I always wonder how they handle the voice. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I know so? he talks to Robbie. Mm-hmm. Like he con- converses with him, but I don't remember if we ever actually see any of that. Well, he converses with him, but you hear a voice. You know he I talks. No, we just know he talks to him. Oh, because okay. he talks about he propositions have, him for things and yeah, they they make deals. They know how they yeah. Okay. I mean, he had or to just, make the deal. All right. In the first place, so uh, yikes. Yeah, that's all we watched. I saw Beauty and the Beast. Mm. Yeah, you liked it. Is it like an acid trip? I did like it. I liked uh, it a lot. No, I don't know about that. No. Like the the BR guest scene didn't feel like an acid trip to you. I you know people say that so. about movies and I've never understood why they say it. So I say that because it seems so so much like sensory overload and so detached from like I've only ever experienced that in one movie. So detached from where you're meant to be in the movie. Yeah, because like, it's meant it was well, it's, it's, it's more grounded. In reality, but that like movie. that scene is just like an outer. It takes place in outer space. Yeah, it's like the animated, but the animated it makes sense. Yeah, because it's animated and it's it can be yeah, all these things. I can see that. Yeah. So, I don't know. <laughs> they put it up online. And I was just like, man, that is a that is one hell of an acid trip. Yeah, I don't know how I you think felt about, about it. it. I didn't. I never saw Cinderella, but out of the live actions, it, I, I think it. it's my least favorite. Uh, 
No. Like, I like this. This is better than Cinderella. This is way better than Cinderella. Yeah. Way okay. better than Cinderella. Uh, I like Maleficent. I like Maleficent more, surprisingly. Uh, yeah. I um, think that this was better than Maleficent. More. I don't know. It's fine. Honestly, the I way like that, I, like, the movie ended and I was like, yeah, this was good. I'd rather watch the animated one. Oh, I think I'd rather watch this oh, one. Oh, definitely me too. Yeah. I, it wasn't a bad movie. It's just... They incorporated a lot of the stuff from the stage show, from what I heard. Yeah. yeah. And that was cool. So it was a, it was a cool experience, you mm-hmm. know? It was just a different way of viewing it, but at the end of the day, I still prefer. Yeah, I, I, sta- I saw the stage show a while back. I just couldn't remember everything mm-hmm. about it. It's been a while. Kendall, what was the movie that was uh, sensory? It was Across the Universe. Mm, yeah, I can definitely see that. The, um, still the that. circus scene. Yeah, the circus scene. Good grief. Or what was the one scene uh, where they're like in the ocean swimming? That, that was, was it. Kind of. It was about like the whole, that whole trip segment. after that. Okay, yeah. 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 Where they really are actually tripping. and. Yeah, mm-hmm. I hated that movie with the he Bono. Hate, yeah. I will tell you that I do not like the Beatles, but I like that movie. I do too. Huh. I like the Beatles, but... I like that movie. I like all musicals, really. I love the Beatles, and I'd really love to watch the movie. Speaking (laughs) of music, I was going to mention I didn't like like the Beauty and the Beast very much, but it was cool. They brought Alan Menken back to write the... They put, like, two new songs in it, and he came back to write them. Mm. Okay. Because I was wondering, because I I knew that there was a stage show, so I didn't know if, like, there was different music in there. There is different music in the stage show, but they didn't... They were... I think they had talks of bringing them in, but they just ditched Mm. that idea. Because I was just thinking that the new songs were from that mm, okay yeah, that's interesting yeah um, no beast's song i'm pretty sure is brand did new. you watch anything i did i did i watched something beautiful twin peaks came back and Meh. it is mm. like uh so the original twin peaks has this very um interesting juxtaposition of like it gets really dark and serious and then split second cut to uh something very quirky and funny mm-hmm. kind of like this movie has right like like fifth element kind of has a little bit of that going but there would be whole scenes of it and it would just be weird um but it was always fun and interesting to watch this is much darker this is much more uh like i told you i watched inland empire to see if it would kind of any of that would follow this and there's a lot of inland empire in the new twin peaks and a lot of eraser head too um it's uh it's very different but it's still true to its core it's when uh true to its core and like fan base and all that of twin peaks so i'm pretty pleased with it they put the first four episodes up and uh i st- i told you on messenger like i started taking notes and i have like i have questions i have like what like it's probably six pages of notes and questions <laughs> like what is this and like they you know uh david lynch is famous because he thinks that the questions are always much more interesting than the answers and to a point, that's true, and it's always fun to leave it up to your uh, your viewers to figure it out for themselves, you know, spectate. Hmm. And that's one of the things I love about Twin Peaks. This show seems to be giving us a little bit more answers than the original Twin Peaks. Yeah, I've been trying to convince Kendall to watch it with me, so I think we're going to watch the pilot. Hour and, and a half. if she doesn't like it, I'll just watch it alone. Okay. So. Yeah. It'd but, be f- yeah, yeah, I'm interested. It's it's good. Hmm. Uh, I also um, I know y'all know, but I was on a podcast uh, the day after we recorded our Alien Covenant. Yes, and yes, they sure. invited me on called a uh, Can't Stop Watching Movies, and they hated the movie, and so I got to go on and defend it. Uh, yeah, it was. I listened to that. It was it was good. Like I I enjoyed it. Um, I just don't know to, how you I just could hate to, that movie. To make Matt proud, so I br- brought all the information that you did. You did <laughs> uh, stuck in my brain. Some of their questions to me, and like this is nothing against them or anything like that, but it felt like they weren't very attentive to the film mm-hmm. because I felt like some of the questions they were asking you or not understanding were very. We all, we all, all four of us understood and had like understood what that was. Maybe mm-hmm. it's because we just watched all the previous ones leading up to this. I don't know, but it kind of felt like they weren't as attentive to it as we were. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Possibly. And I loved the movie. I don't understand. And even though we yeah, saw it, we, we went over, it was like, like it. 72% positive on the tomato meter and 64 or something like that audiences. And I've still almost mostly seen bad stuff on social media anyway. Yeah. Of people in my circles. I've seen, a, it's been mixed, but I think it's been mostly bad. 
I, the, the hardcore base that I follow um, and like the I uh, like uh, the Shockwaves podcast community, like they have a mm-hmm. uh, group on Facebook that I'm in, and it seems to be more positive than that uh, in people that have followed the franchise. Okay, that would make um, sense. But yeah, it seems like so the if you uh, like are the paying attention. You're I just don't know why you would even care to watch it if you haven't. Like, why wouldn't you just watch these movies before going to see it? Yeah, it is. I I can't. But I you want your movie to be good if yeah. it can it can stand alone, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it's a it is a it's sequel. A fran- yeah. like, uh, okay, I just no, just no. I would not recommend just somebody to why'd see you go it see it without seeing Prometheus. But yeah. if they didn't, I. I think even I, if I don't you know had if started with only not, watching tell. Prometheus, this movie should have succeeded. That should have been wonderful. Yeah, it makes sense. And yeah, but okay, whatever. You don't have to see any of the alien films. Yeah. So, and there was a there was a question and uh, about how the engineer ends up fossilized, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that we see in. Right. I'm thinking maybe that maybe that engineer is not. It's, I don't know if it may be uh, like the engin- an engineer we know. It could also be crashing onto a planet that has a horrible atmosphere, which, I mean, we see some of that in Alien, yeah. and that could have an effect on that would make sense. How, I, how quickly it fossilizes. That popped in my head, too. Is decomposes. Why it fossilized, whereas in Prometheus, he does it, and it kind of like liquefies or whatever into mm-hmm. the water. So, so that could be a... Yeah. Yeah. That, was a that was a theory I had, but we'll find out. I have a feeling we'll find out. We'll find out. Well, uh, this movie. This Seth, one. Mm-hmm. Seth just saw it for the first time. Uh, Did I think you really? the first um, time I saw <gasps> it. Really? It's your first time? I, yep. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Are you That's embarrassed fine. or are you about to tell us you watched it without us? No. Oh. Did you? Was this the first I, time you I, saw I, it? I fell I thought you fell asleep and I almost kicked you. <laughs> you should have. What I an sh- a-hole. The whole time I was struggling. Eyes closing, you need then to opening, and then closing. But this time, it happens. was not because the movie was boring. I promise oh, you, no. I wanted to watch the movie so bad because I really, really liked it. But, like, it just kept happening and happening, and eventually it's just Do you gone. Sleep? He Do ate you sleep freaking eight pieces of pizza, probably. That's why. You eat slept a long time sleepy. today, too. Yeah, I don't know what it was. I don't know. All right, what it was. well, you start falling no asleep. No longer here's eating pizza before get movies. Get off the goddamn beanbag. Where else is I gonna up, sit? Set up cross-legged on the floor, and you're not gonna fall asleep because if you I do, you're a, gonna fall. I forward. also need a back. I need a. You back. don't need a back. I, I think don't. that's why you it's fall asleep. It's better for your back to sit up. Man, I, I need a. And I looked over, and I'm like. Is he asleep? He's laying thought, down. Yeah. Why would he be laying down doing a movie? And I like, couldn't find a good position broken? to sit. So that was the only thing. And then I fall asleep. I'm going to start kicking you every 10 oh, minutes. No. I need, I need a back. I need a back. This is probably like my 40th okay, time watching this, this is, movie. And I, no. This not is not a even two hour movie. Asleep. How much percentage did you see? God, I hate mm, it. it. It ended up being like clips. Because oh I was struggling. Oh God! Yeah, I so I, I know. I, I didn't mean to. <laughs> it just happened. Well, you have no idea. How many I just times feel like he excuse. shouldn't be our friend no, anymore. Because this one wasn't boring. The other ones that I fell asleep during were boring. Wait, which I ones did you? Fall? I, I know you fell asleep during, during the Giver. Did yeah. you fall asleep during something else? Uh, there's been another one. I don't remember which one. Oh no! Oh no! Well, Sorry, Kendall's seen it apparently forty times. I definitely. <laughs> This want to watch it? Uh, one real. of my favorite sci-fi movies, and I've Kindle showed it to me for for the first time uh, several years ago, and I've probably seen it four times. I've seen it numerous times. I remember, like, uh, so back way when uh, DVD was coming out. Uh, s- yeah, well, I mean, you say way when, but I mean, like, you think about how long way ago. back when. Yeah, well, whatever. But <laughs> speak I was like, back way win. Um, you know, it's when you win the back way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> Is that a sex thing? <laughs> um, Here we go. <laughs> no, not this again. So when this movie came out, DVD was just coming around and uh, becoming more popular, more mainstream. And my earliest memory is that they had these uh, DVDs that were supposedly better quality than a standard DVD. They were called Superbit DVDs. And this is one of the only ones I ever saw. Um, And so, like, 
I I, I picked. I remember getting it, you know, mm-hmm. and um, and seeing it. And it was a good movie, and I watched it numerous times. Uh, my brother, who hates sci-fi, is really into this film because it's fantastic. Um, you know, like I liked it. I've always liked it, and I feel like I don't know. It didn't hold up as well as I remember it holding up. Like the effects were mostly good because of the Art Deco kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just had there were some things that I never. I don't know. I just never caught, and some things that. Like, there's one glaring plot hole in this film that they never tell us. And I need that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need that. And we'll get there, but... I thought the questions were more important than the answers, man. Ooh, snap! Oh. <laughs> I may have been I, asleep, I, but I caught... I, you know what? I will give you that. But this movie does not have a lot of rich mythology. <laughs> it could, though. It did to me. You fell the fuck asleep. <laughs> your mythology was your dreams. We're going to watch this again right after this podcast. <laughs> uh, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> so, any rate, um, this is, is very 90s, right? So we start off yeah. in the first five minutes, somebody says the title. Like, that was something that yeah. always happened in the 90s. The fifth element. <laughs> you actually remember that. I saw that part. <laughs> All right. I looked a little bit about this film up. Not a lot, but like Luke uh, Besson, the director. I, I guess that's how you say his name. But apparently he started writing this movie when he was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Out of boredom. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And he was 38 when it came out. Shit. Yeah. So, Seth, mm. tell me this. Oh, boy. I'm scared. Of what you saw uh-huh. from start to finish, uh-huh. did you enjoy what bits and pieces I loved what bits and pieces I saw like I was fighting I wasn't I didn't just succumb it just happened and it was a long movie too so it was like I couldn't win the fight but uh, well I guess it was because I was fighting the whole time but uh, (laughs) at first it took me a little bit to like it I think Mm -hmm. very sci-fi I think I had to adjust I didn't know what to expect because all I knew was the name of the movie what do you remember? Do you remember like the uh, the awesome fight between uh, Corbin and Zord? Do you remember that towards the end? No, I didn't see s- that. Oh, uh, you slept through that. Yeah, so it never happened. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was one of the like co- like most common complaints about this film is that our hero and our, and our villain, villain never never are on meet. screen to each- with each other. That's really interesting. well. That's not necessarily true because our hero technically is Lilo. Well, the, the, she's the no, element, no, no. but the I mean, screen our, hero. Our, the screen hero, our main, our lead. So I can Corbin. remember most. Um, so this will give you a good idea. I could stay awake, but I think the killing moment for me was uh, the opera sort of scene. That's the that best was the moment. Which I loved it. I loved it, but just hearing that song, that lullabied me. That, like, t- completely took me out. But. It was so beautiful at the same time. You must uh, have missed half the song because it gets into like a hip hop opera. I yeah, think I, I like, saw uh, that, but it was still too late. Oh my god! Um, but I saw him take the uh, the stones out of her after she died, and I saw Lelou bleeding. Lelou, bleeding in the thing. The and thing. Then I was gone. <laughs> That's the last thing I remember until the end. I saw the end, basically. Oh, good God. Yeah. Oh, man. This is going to be an interesting podcast. I know. I hate him so I, much I right gonna, now. Sorry, guys. Did, uh, did anybody else think... Do you guys... Okay, here. Step back into the 90s with me. Do you remember the animated series, uh, The Mighty Ducks? Gross. Yeah. Do you? It was like, with they real were, ducks. With real ducks, and they were yeah. like superheroes? Did these aliens not look like Mighty Ducks from that TV show? Okay. Yeah. That's all that I think about when I see them. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't really see it. Um, the, He's you were talking about sleeping. the robot aliens. Oh, the yeah, the robots. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I see that. The, uh, the what do they call them? I didn't catch their name. I swear, I read it down. It was like Mongol, Mongol. No, those are the bad guys. The Mongolors are the bad guys. Mongolors. The good guys are the the Mondo Shiwans. Mondo Shiwans. Hmm. Yeah, which their ship sucked. Yeah, because they took like, like eight hits yeah. and it's gone. <laughs> and it's huge. Bada boom. Yeah. And they had like no defense. Like they didn't even defend themselves whatsoever. 
And the which, first one died so which, damn easy. Which, yeah. Speaking of them, what were you thinking when you first... It's hard for me to remember what I was thinking through this entire movie the first time I saw it. But since you're our noob, what were you thinking when we first start in 1914 Egypt? And we see this kid get off this camel. Yeah, I had no this. idea. Because well, I, I literally, I didn't know anything Like, about it feels very movie. Indiana Jonesy. Yeah, it did. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then, like, we get to the guy and the and then adorable kid skulls. who couldn't stay awake. And I, I, I could feel him. I could feel him. <laughs> We, that was the character I related That's to. Really, that was you, dude. You know, yeah. In real life, that was you. I should have <laughs> yeah. kept turning over and been like, Seth! <laughs> yeah. You should have. Light! Um, that was a good scene, though. Uh, but I was just so like... And we get the guy who's looking at all the stuff, and I'm like, okay, here's, the, I guess, the mythology of the film. And then the robot aliens, whatever you said they were called. Yeah. They showed up. And I didn't know whether if they were good or bad until the guy with the key. Mm-hmm. You know, but they yeah. took me back. I'm trying to figure out if they really killed the professor or if they just put him to sleep. I think they killed or they put him to sleep. That's what I was thinking. But Luke Perry, like, he just barely touches him. He's, like, He's dead. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the 1914s and we like to overreact, I guess. Mm, I don't yeah. know. They um, don't have medical technology to find out if he's dead. So we... uh we go a little bit further. We get into the future, and the score of this entire film is very industrial. Like, well, it's Say like what? a weird mixture. It does have the industrial feel. There was like an Indian song, and then like an Italian well, song. I mean, like the main character themes. Are, oh, oh, I don't okay, listen yeah. to those. <laughs> well, like it, it, yeah, it mixes. Like it's almost like Corbin's the industrial yes. theme. Uh, Lilo has like a heroic uh, score. Standard, yeah. Ruby has like a hip hop. But pop, like eighties pop, eighties pop, but it's him, got a little bit of the industrial. In which there too. he, I, I watched an interview with him. He based his character like he he created his own, but he like kind of mixed Prince and Michael Jackson. I could see, and it. then like threw in his own little. Well, here's the thing: stuff. is that that character was originally called Lockrod, and it was designed for Prince, and Prince oh. was going to do this thing. But then he put out an album and the tour dates conflicted too much for the dates that they needed him on set. Because hmm. they didn't need him for the whole movie, but they needed him certain days. And it conflicted too much, so they had to turn it down. And that's when they went to Chris Tucker. Interesting. Good thing. But it wouldn't yeah. have been nearly as fun. I don't know. Prince is pretty... Prince, Prince he's can very be pretty serious. Funny. He can be pretty funny. Well, he's too serious to me. Too serious. I thought he was really funny. He's so serious in and Purple Rain that he gets mad and he does like a spin. You know, like, I've never fuck? seen and he that. Spins around like it's hilarious, but yeah, I I don't know. I can see it. Um, but yeah, uh, and then we have uh, we have in home Ash from Alien, and you know the name. Yeah, and that's what I, I, told I figured Seth. this was going to be like a hook for you. It's Bilbo from. Oh, I know. Okay. Yeah, right. I thought I thought that was that the one he did thing a great I think job. I had told Seth about. I was like, I told him I don't remember we were talking about Alien, and I said it connects to Alien in a way, and I think you'll really like the way it connects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I caught but that. I, like, I love him in this movie. Man, he's nope. so f- funny. What I saw, he was he was incredible. In the sense, he's a straight man, but yeah, yeah, still funny. Uh, his reactions to things and the way that you know he's him getting saran wrapped to the bed was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was. That, were those guys? No, they weren't dead. They weren't dead, but I swear to God, like it really they looked like, they, like were they were dead. Yeah, because this I, movie, I didn't remember them. Remember very dark them. comedy sometimes. It, it's very cartoony mm-hmm. to me, I, and it's a lot of the design. Luke hired two guys, two French comic book writers, Jean Girard and Jean Claude Mezeres to work on it which Jean Garad actually him and his collaborator uh sued Luke Besson after this because he had taken inspiration from one of their comic books oh even though they were hired or at least one of them was hired to work on the movie but they lost but it's interesting because the Jean-Claude Mezerace this I was going to tie in him and Jean Garad was the illustrator for his comic book Valerian and Loreline, which is being adapted into Valerian and the City of A Thousand Planets. A Thousand Planets, which Luke Besson is directing and writing. <laughs> that's a, that's a funny circle. Yeah, and he just brought it around. But I guess this kind of inspired, or his comics kind of inspired. inspired this movie, and so I guess that's gonna interesting turn out 
That's yeah. that's one thing. I mean, we don't have to really talk about that movie. I haven't seen any trailers. I only saw the poster. I saw a trailer. The poster was way too much CGI for me. Uh-huh. And I like that stuff, though. Luke Besson is an interesting director. I haven't seen hardly any of his movies. But if you go down his uh, list on Rotten Tomatoes, he's done a ton of movies, mostly French. Most of them are very rotten. Mm. This is one of the few uh, positive reviews. He this and like got. what? Leon the Professional? Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes yeah. when it gets there. Somehow he keeps getting work. Probably because he's a. I don't know. Uh, it seems like countries, European countries, are very proud of their arts, especially the French. Mm-hmm. So they invest a lot of money um, into that stuff as well as the Italians. But yeah, like I was saying, it's very cartoony. And that's one of the things I love about this movie. It's yeah. it's lighthearted. Uh, he actually said when they were filming it, lots of people on sets were saying, oh, this is going to be the next Blade Runner, like with the design of the futuristic. Way and better. He, he Way would better. say, what? No, I'm filming all these action scenes in the light. It's going to be the anti-Blade Runner. Yeah. So, exactly. But <laughs> still iconic in its own way, in that way. Right. Um, iconic, definitely definitely 90s. Like, we have the evil planet. What comes out of the evil planet? A flaming fucking skull. skull. Right. I remember that. <laughs> I was like, 90s. And I was That's watching cool. the visual artists were talking I about this. Uh, that was kind of their invention, and people copied them like huh. and they well the main uh, i don't remember his name but the main visual artist was saying he was proud of that he sees it copied and he's like hey that's awesome that yeah, but i inspired people i think the earliest flaming skull i remember was from mortal Kombat ads like oh, okay. <laughs> like, ni- like 93 94 for mm-hmm. the actual arcade game like that's what i remember flaming that's the first flaming skull i remember but mm-hmm. um yeah no it was very comedic and like all the cuts were like perfectly timed yeah i found the cat hilarious like his reaction to uh to ruby like <laughs> i was just like what am i even watching here don't watch that all day how i felt. your brain <laughs> yeah and then he meets him uh so this is uh uh mila jovovich's like first real serious starring role i mean she was in blue lagoon but uh, or i think it was return to blue lagoon but i mean that was kind of a like very quiet kind of released film she does pretty good here. Like she has a lot of uh, a lot of ra- more range than I would expect, and especially like her look right before she breaks out mm-hmm. of the tube. Like I was like, that is that is terrifying. Yeah. Well, they had eight months of rehearsal before this movie. Really. Specifically with her, uh, I read a lot about her. She was eighteen when she tried out. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a big fan of Luke Besson's movies. Like her and her friends would always like just go crazy for him and Hmm. she went to try out she got all makeup up and he didn't like it and then she accidentally ran into him later at a hotel no makeup or anything and he's like oh you know what come up to my hotel room which is kind of sketchy with with a director (laughs) and her being 18 18 year old and uh so she goes up and he's like having her react to a music video on TV be like, okay, dance, but it's the first time you've ever danced. It's the first time you've ever seen a TV. And so then this seems real like sketch too. trying out like <laughs> fake laughs with her and stuff. They were mm-hmm. just sitting there two hours. He's going over this with her. And then he had a screen test with her later to Solidify. see if, to see if it worked, like see if she worked with the lights and all that. And they just went over all these different things she could do. He taught her you're the, f- you're a new human interesting and, and so that's where he worked a lot with her on that yeah uh she learned this language that he had created over all these years from 16 to 38 he created a f- like out of with 400 words he created his own language for lilu wow and she learned it <laughs> that's wow. like awesome he, he came to her one day with like a dictionary and he's like here learn i love that stuff yeah yeah dang that's terrible that's that's interesting. Like that's Linguist. that's dedication. Yeah. yeah, seriously. So I mean, this is kind of I imagine he probably sees this film as his masterpiece. Probably. I mean, and it was very successful. Uh, I didn't see Two hundred sixty-four million, basically, uh, basically off a ninety million dollar budget. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, polarizing, but good. It says we're t- we're talking about Lilu. Like, here is my here is my plot hole. Um, 
how did the fifth element end up in a severed hand? Uh, where, so I have many questions like, were all the aliens carrying the perfect DNA? Or was the hand found and pres uh, preserved until it could be reconstructed? Was it ever meant to be reconstructed? Or would uh, were the aliens just put the severed hand in place of where the fifth element goes? Or is Lilo what is beneath the alien armor and that's how she knows the stones were stolen? Because there is information she has. Or maybe the creatures do the aliens pass information down through DNA, like memories. Uh, I don't know, but like there's just a... a yeah, what I took it as, because I was like... Oh wait, is she one of the aliens? Because she's got their suit on in the hand, and she was holding onto the case when she died. She was holding onto something. It looked like well, a it was the handle. But then when you see the box, there's a oh. handle missing. Okay, all right. And so that's the assumed she had a hold of the case. Uh, broke off. Her hand is broken off too, and I took it as she was in the mummified type. Sarcoph sarcophagus thing at the beginning they take it out oh you you okay. and then they revive her on their way to earth hmm. to place her and put her in, in one of these one of, yeah one of the suits huh that's as i that's how i took it okay i don't know if that's for sure because i assume they're just organic beings inside those suits as well i would think so there's yeah uh yeah I not just... as perfect as her mm -hmm. but that's what i took it as right because it looks like she's got the same suit on as them it does look like the same suit it was just kind of it was just interesting like yeah she it's, went from it's that a stretch a and human. maybe he's just wanting you to figure that out maybe like he's like that way smart enough which i appreciate that it's just like there's uh there's too many things like too many comments she makes like no being like being able to know about the stones being stolen and where they're at and things mm -hmm. like that because they obviously had to be surgically put yeah, into the as, diva like how did she know that i took it as uh all this because they have this insane dna he said like 40 with normal people oh, yeah. with humans and two hundred thousand with them mm -hmm. and so i took it as they can actually they have memory embedded in their dna that could be it yeah and I think she was just woken up as well as she has to learn all their all Earth's history of four thousand mm -hmm. years. That's my theory. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was that was mm -hmm. yeah. You're Game welcome. theory. Oh, ha ha. Uh, I did think that our uh, our villains here were the ugliest aliens known to man. <laughs> uh, That's a bold uh, statement. If you can think of any aliens that are ugly, like I'll take the the killer State. clowns from outer space. No, they're so much more attractive than these things. Oh, these things what? are just hard to look at. Like they are fantastic works of art, but they are hard to look at. Hmm. Especially like when they talk or they grimace or something, their mouths just are unsettling to me. Hmm. I wasn't really bothered it's by them. For me to think of you, I was also falling asleep. But they yeah, looked you like a, a they looked like a fantasy esque sort of monster. Yeah, they did more so than just interesting like design. I'm sorry, you're wrong. Okay. Oh. Ho ho! Kindle. You just know what they kind of look like? Ernest, scared, stupid. Those aren't okay, aliens. Are, those are those trolls. aren't aliens. Though. Okay, good point. They're way those are ugly. cuter than the, <laughs> the trolls. Um, but these kind of make me think of uh, Battletoads, <laughs> the video game. I can game. see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, yeah, I thought those were really cool. Um, this was kind of a precursor to most movies we have now. Because for the most part, at this time in the 90s, the CGI visual effects department and the puppetry department were two separate entities. Mm -hmm. But this movie, they kind of had to work together to make those guys work. Right. And that is all we do now. Mm -hmm. Zorg was a very interesting villain. Uh, I never caught before that he was a, a war profiteer, essentially. Mm -hmm. I never caught. I mean, like, I understood what he was why he wanted to destroy things but it never clicked with me that essentially he's just a war profiteer like yeah it's as plain as that and i can't think of i know we've seen that villain a thousand times but i we can't have. think of one before this at least hmm. specifically i feel like there would have been a lot in the 80s though uh 
There probably is, but I, none of them none of them resonate like this one. Like no, none of them stick out like this one. Yeah. This guy is just completely movie, eccentric and feels like he should not be where he's at, but he is. This movie sold me on Gary Oldman. This was before I saw. I I know you don't like the movie, but I think his performance in Dracula is fantastic. Mm. Just seeing him change character so much, he takes the characters over yeah. completely. He he sells it for me. This is my first. I do remember this much. This was my first Gary Oldman film, mm-hmm. and. Uh, Whenever I found out he played Dracula, it's like somebody broke my brain. I was like, that doesn't even look like the same person. Like, yeah. And I mean, he does. He gets lost in these roles. Like, you look at him as Gordon um, uh-huh. in Sirius Black or something like they, they They're very different. It's almost like he's taken, he's like, okay. Because he's now, perfect. Now that, now that I've done it my. It took me a while to figure out who he was. Being. He is Now that I've done my crazy things, I'm going to start doing normal roles now. Right. <laughs> He was Sid, like Sid Vicious way back when. Right, yeah, that was yeah. one of his first big roles. Yeah. Uh, he mostly did, like, villains in the 90s. Mm-hmm. He was in Leon. Yeah, he Besson's was. Besson's previous he was movie. Villain. And he hired him for this because he described him as one of the top five actors in the world. That's why he wanted him. Yeah. We eventually get to uh, Ruby and everything that is... Ruby, uh, very crazy, very wild, very eccentric. Like it is, uh, it is like a larger life version of Prince. Um, and the fifth element, like this film invented the selfie. Did you catch that? Did you see that? No. Guy walking next to Corbin Dallas. He pulls up a Polaroid camera and he does a selfie with, with Corbin (laughs) Dallas. I was like, this is where it came from. Like, I don't know if it's where it came from. No, it came from us. He's in. 2300 oh right so yeah. it just still exists they just still use polaroid cameras well they're coming back you know that right you've seen the hipsters with them yeah they're selling yeah. them at walmart that is horrible news. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how to even take that so you you fell asleep during the opera but i think i still missed little pit little little bits because that was i was starting to drift you know which yeah that's the most awesome scene i know it too. is and that song that song is just, it's beautiful but uh i was reading a bit on the song uh it was recorded one note at a time all the vocals jeez one note at a time because uh and then it was sequenced all together because the that human makes voice sense. is unable to change as fast as what the song called for and this was also partly done by the composer to give the diva like more mystique and feel more alien hmm. to us she does look kind of like mystique with that she skin does look like mystique Mm-hmm. Rubber mystique. Yeah, her blood was uh, blue, bl- very blue. And like, <laughs> we get into like very dark territory. Like, Ruby looks over, and Corbin's got like his hand down inside her. Like, mm-hmm. aren't there organs or something in there too? <laughs> and I, I'm carrying five stones around. Like, I was wondering why yeah. she didn't. I was so put I, them in her head. How could I she mean, sing with those in there? Maybe that's where all the organs are. And weigh are. it down, though. Yeah. Maybe that's where the organs are. That's what it is. And so, really, mm. her stomach is just simply just. That's why they. Gauge. That's why they were like, yeah. "Hey, come here." You know what? You got to pack for vacation today. I want you to pack it all in your stomach. That'd and I know easy. we can't go get surgery, but use your imagination <laughs> on how to get it. I did there. think it was interesting. They have the window behind her, mm-hmm. and then just the curtains close. Like, yeah. Just behind those curtains is a window to outer space. Right. That's it's very, beautiful. It was a beautiful scene, mm. very well. I, it was recorded, or the f- scene was shot at the Royal Opera House in London. Oh, the uh, Royal Albert Hall or whatever? It's just called the Royal Opera House, mm, okay. according to Wikipedia. Mm. Um, so your brain. It's, it's, it is Wikipedia. <laughs> it's beautiful. I do feel like the explosion of that little bomb right after the opera scene, like that he throws and sticks up in the in the uh that is walkway it's awesome but i was like there's no way that little bomb did that like that specific explosion they had 11 cameras on it at once because this was filmed at pinewood studios and that scene was shot in the 007 stage oh yeah and it was the biggest explosion they'd ever done on the 007 stage very obvious yeah like that is huge so they uh, we got one shot at this and like the actors or the visual effect guy was outside and he looks up and he sees smoke coming out of the vents on top and he's like, Oh God. What did on I fire. miss? Yeah. <laughs> the visual effects guy was outside. What are you doing? 
Uh, yeah, also that scene I wanted to bring up. The guy who designed all the costumes for this movie is named Jean-Paul Gaultier, who's a famous French designer, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so he was brought on to do the designs actually back in 92. So this came out Ooh. in 97. So this was in production for like five years. Yeah, it, they, it started in 91. He started moving along they were they had a few people they were wanting a hundred million dollars and they were just having trouble finding a studio financing yeah to give it to them and so finally once they found a studio they said ninety thousand. that so they dropped it down and gaultier was on it with him the whole time i guess Hmm. and so he not only designed all our main characters he also when they were doing this scene, they had 900 extras coming into this opera house and he was checking every single person, making sure their outfit looked right. He'd like fix their wig if it was wrong to him. Right. Interesting. So he was, he, he put Highly detailed. like almost as much work in as Luke did. Wow. Um, which, you know, like it's interesting. They had problems finding financing because like, like I was saying, like the French are very proud of the arts and things like that. And David Lynch, we were speaking about him earlier, actually goes, uh, like all of his investors are French investors. Like they like weird art films. Hmm. Like it's surprising that this had issues finding financing with the kind of vision he had here. Yeah. And it's a, it's um, blows my mind seeing a movie like this or Blade Runner and seeing the vision. Like, where does that come from? Right. Like, I can't imagine, I I or consider myself a creative person, but yeah, Star Wars, like, I don't understand. Or the dark things in H.R. Giger's mind. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I question where that comes from. Like, Star Wars and all the other things, like, you know what, I could kind of see some of that. You know what I mean? Like, because we all want to get away, we all look up at the stars at night, and we wonder what's out there, like, what, what could it be like? And so that's not as hard to imagine for me, but, like, the dark shit that comes out of Giger's mind, it's like... What even is like maybe maybe what goes on in his brain was like the thing that was out in the planet in space in this film. Like <laughs> I think he just had bad moments in the men's locker room as a child. Something. Something. That could be it. It haunted his brain. Mm-hmm. Uh oh. his face. Let's get back to this movie. Uh yeah, but the the design they s- spent a year mocking up eight thousand design concepts mm-hmm. for this movie. They, wow. It just the uh flying cars don't look like flying cars I've seen before. Like we had flying cars in Blade Runner, but they didn't look like these cars. The these cars kind of look to me like uh some of the cars that were in Back to the Future 2. Okay. That's yeah, that's I see a lot of Back to the Future 2 in the cityscapes and stuff in this film. Mhm. Um and Blade Runner as well. Like in Blade Runner, you have the classic scene where you like you're looking down at the cityscape, and there's the uh, Japanese woman on the, right on the billboard. Sign. And then in this film, you get some of that, but you get the big McDonald's logo as well. <laughs> yeah, which is like <laughs> which McDonald's we finance part of this movie, and this is where we're gonna make it obvious. And that's the, another one of those things where it's the anti Blade Runner, <laughs> right? <laughs> big red and yellow on the yeah. sign. I'm surprised they haven't changed their logo after all that time. <laughs> It's iconic, I guess. Yeah. Right. Maybe. Um. Although the uh, the people that work McDonald's in the future are way better than the people that work McDonald's today. Man, those wigs. Not that I ever go there. But. <laughs> um, I was. I did think it was interesting that when you go down to the lower level of the city, that's where it's dark and creepy and foggy. And looks kind of like Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know why. Why it's so foggy down there. All the pollution, maybe. That's what I assumed. It was pollution, see. so the cities had to build up. Yeah. <laughs> it is uh, funny when they're at the airport and she's like, sorry about the mess. Right. Like, this giant pile of trash. Shit, yeah. It's like, mess? The, that's that's the garbage right yeah. behind you? <laughs> yeah. So they, okay, here. They travel really quickly to, or not really quickly, they put passengers asleep for the travel to the planet. For an hour. Oh, really? It was just an hour? Well, he said uh, they had like four hours. The whole movie takes place in like six hours. That can't be right. That's what I thought, but he mentions a time at one point where... I think maybe their trip from the time she arrives in his apartment only takes place so many... Hours, maybe. Because, yeah. 
Well, no, it, it can't be. It's got to be two days because yeah, at least be because she says at one point the lady at the hotel says tomorrow. Yeah. So, like two days. But just the trip back to Earth from the from the planet was very quick. I yeah. That. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe yeah, that's maybe right. it's a better. Unless ship. they were already fairly far into space. Sure. Just just poking at the movie. It was good. And I enjoy it. Like, I just didn't feel like I... I don't know. I just didn't feel like it held up as well as I remembered it. Like, I remember this being... It's a fun adventure film. And I love films that feel like they take you places. Uh, a good example of a film that I feel like takes you places is... And shows you different things you've never seen before. And Lord feels, of the Rings. Shut up. God. Uh, um, and feels very <laughs> grand. It's not Lord of the oh, Rings. Oh, wow. You're, you're explaining it perfectly. Lord of the Rings feels like I'm existing in the same world and everything's just kind of the same. What? It's not bad. Like, it's a journey. What? The same? It feels like a journey. But, like, I mean, everything's green and foresty. And then That's we have castles. True. What about the cave with the spider? What about Gondor? Well, anyway. Gondor. What I was going to say is... is yeah. um, what about the mountains? It's Hellboy. It feels, <laughs> feels like that. Hmm. That is my classic go-to example of a film that feels like it takes you and shows you very a lot of different worlds, and it feels like you really go on a journey with these characters. Oh, so we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy? That's what Guardians he said. Of the Galaxy. Yeah, I could give Guardians of the Galaxy. I could say that about that, too. But Hellboy is the one I go back to. Uh, the first film I remember really feeling like that. Back to the Future does a lot of that, too, but it also suffers from a lot of the same kind of feeling over and over. Back to the Future 1 and 2. I okay. 3 is setting is boring to me, but I don't like Westerns. Oh, I like Westerns. I like Westerns. Yeah. It's actually my favorite of the three. Really? No. I freaking okay. hate Westerns. I was like, this is going to get controversial. <laughs> um, I don't now, know. you were talking about plot holes. There is one I have. How... So Zorg at the end, he goes and flies to the ship, puts a bomb on it. How does this multi-billionaire not be able to just send his right-hand man there? Like he has him. Remember, he was he has like, him, "You want something done right? Do it yourself." Yeah, he. he yeah, like, but he has he him, him go and take over Corbin's spot. Why not just give him Why the not keys just, to the ship and say yeah. go? Yeah, he would have been there before him, way before them. Because he was mad. He wa- he wanted to kill him. But, but no, I'm but saying no, before, before instead before. of like kidnapping Corbin. Oh, I got what you're saying. And why well, go through all the trouble when you could just simply send your guy? Yeah, it'd be way easier. Yep, that's true. I didn't see this part, so I can't really argue about it. No, you can't. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was. I can wing it. Oh well, I got. We got to see him go we into outer it. space. He was an interesting villain. Um, Willis. Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Bruce my Willis. Dad. What a guy. I think this is my favorite Bruce Willis movie. Whoa. What about the kid? I think this is my favorite Bruce Willis movie. What about Unbreakable? I oh. love Unbreakable, Seth. I really do. Uh-huh. It's probably, it's my favorite uh-huh. Sh- Shyamalan movie. Uh-huh. Um, it's up there for Bruce Willis, but this uh-huh. is my favorite Bruce Willis movie. Hmm. I need to watch it. I think my favorite Bruce, Bruce Willis film is Sin City, but that's not his starring leading role mm-hmm. necessarily. Um, but my favorite is probably probably Unbreakable, and then this. Okay. Maybe I don't know. I don't like your typical Bruce Willis film. Like, do you like anything typical? What about the kid? The kid was alright, but I didn't really the kid like. Kid is great. <laughs> I, I love that movie. movie. Yeah. I, I'm not Even a huge though he is fan. an action star in this, it it like I still feel like it was going away from Die Hard. Like he's like mm. I'm trying something new. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, it's it is a very weird movie. Yeah, like I can see a lot of people being turned off to parts of this movie. They're like, or "What is going on?" on? Right. Parts I mean, of I, this movie. I like Hudson Hawk. I I I like that is a. It's not a good film, but I like Hudson Hawk. Yeah, he was uh in '92. Luke Besson approached both uh, Mel Gibson and Bruce. star that made it in the movie Bruce Willis, and Bruce was skeptical because that movie was such a flop. Like he oh. was afraid. To, yeah. He was afraid to go out for a movie. He wasn't sure about again, Sure, but uh, ended up after production got halted and then it got picked up again. Um, he met with Bruce and just for like, a just a hello. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, Hey, fifth elements back in production. And, but we're going with a lesser known actor now because we got cut $10,000 and he's like, well, let me 
read the script. If I like the movie, we can discuss payment. Like we can sure. discuss a no go a negotiation. Yeah. And he liked the script, and he's like, "Okay, I'll do it." Ten million, so. you mean? Oh yeah, sorry. Ten million. It's a lot of money. It's hard <laughs> for my brain to go up that high. Right. The ending was good. Like everybody in the temple, uh, I liked the uh, I liked kissing the- scene. You mean the very last scene? No, yeah, I, I saw was that. That's not kissing. That. I was talking oh, about. Well, you're right. I was talking about the uh, like they're all trying to figure out what's going on the and how to activate it and whatnot. And uh, Ruby is perfect in that film. Like the well, somebody else screams beside just Ruby, and he's like, "What is wrong with you? Like, why are you screaming? <laughs> like, and it's like you shout with every word and syllable you say, and you come are on, complaining come about on, I got this. no fire. Yeah, it's hilarious. He really was. He's probably my favorite part of the film. Whoa. I still can't believe he fell asleep. I know. And it's Such not... I need to say it again. Please do not hate me, people. We hate you. It was you. not because I thought the movie was boring. It's because, it because you are boring. <laughs> I am boring. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. It's all right. We'll, we'll I want to watch it. I don't it. Like, forgive I you. I desperately want to watch it. So. How long are you gone? Uh, a long time. I'll get back the 12th. Oh, you kill me. Yeah. You kill me, Smalls. I know. You know, I had seen Sorry. pictures of, you got to say her name again because I'm going to pronounce it wrong. It's not Lilu. It's L- It's Lilu. How is that difficult? L-E-E-L-O-O. Like when she showed up, I was like, I've seen shots of her in this movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I recognized her. That's the only thing I really recognized from this movie. I mean, this was like Mila Jovovich's biggest thing until Resident Evil came along four or five years later. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of made her more of a... I don't know if you want to say household name, but it very much like rose her star. Yeah. Yeah, I wrote a lot of notes, but I just... Just trying to go natural, but there's so much I love about this movie. Tell me, like, tell like me Like, it's something. iconic. I mean, I wrote the apartment design... Was Car- pretty Corbin's cool how everything just was like had multifunctions and would slide into the yes. walls. That was what cool. a miserable Obviously, life. I want it. I wanted it. Maybe a miserable life, but like I, I thought it was cool. I could, I could live in a space something like that for like a month. But like, I, I, I liked that it was really practical. That was a very practical set. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very interesting. A lot of these things were practical. Uh, I mean, you think about like the huge set they blew up uh, yeah. after the opera house scene. Um, you just don't see that anymore. Yeah. Well, and like the, I know the CGI is fairly dated, but the reconstruction scene, I mean, the chamber is, uh, practical and they actually built a, uh, they did a a few screen tests for that scene to have her react inside the chamber to get the lighting every and everything. And they built that set for the screen test alone. Huh. And then I guess, I don't know if they reused it or just rebuilt it. The tinfoil wall? Uh-huh. The best. She dives through an obvious <laughs> tinfoil wall. I mean, mm. that, was, that was funny. But it would suck if you dive through that wall and you missed your mark and, like, the mat's, like, five feet over and just, bam, onto the floor. It's like, we got to recast. Like, she broke her face. And how would you feel if you could just have... Uh, delivery right to your window you know that would be awesome mm-hmm. i was thinking about that i was like damn i was like i could get sushi like that yeah <laughs> oh that was cool um i want the, the future, and i want the guy to, to be, be as friendly as that yeah yeah, yeah. It's like no i'm sure it's a great message yeah you're fired <laughs> lunch is on me like Ooh. <laughs> the guy who played the president of the united states this is one of his uh so he got famous for doing uh, No Holds Barred, which was the like original WWF movie back in the day, and it had Hulk Hogan versus uh, Zeus, which was like this supposed god, and they were gonna <laughs> wrestle it out. And you have the entire movie, right? And you watch the movie, and the movie has an ending. But then they decided they were gonna continue the battle on in wrestling, like, and that guy was a wrestler oh. for like a split second like the 80s was an interesting time to be alive <laughs> and then after that he didn't do a whole lot but he reappeared in friday with uh chris tucker but he's in he was in uh, the dark night dark night yeah he's been in a lot of like smaller roles but this is one of his main roles and it was interesting because it had chris tucker and they had just done friday mm-hmm. so 
Yeah, I feel like I've seen him in a couple of comedies. Yeah. I was I did think it was interesting. There's something that it kind of glazed over. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't really answer, but does Corbin's mom live on the moon? Yeah. Cause she says something about uh you're oh. just gonna leave me freezing on the lunar surface. Yep. Oh yeah, yeah. Rat me with saran wrap or some bullshit like that. Like, saran wrap to the bed. Is she on the moon? <laughs> she might be. Because wasn't that? Yeah, I would the, assume there's colonies. Wasn't everywhere. that where the 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 good aliens die, or was that somewhere else? No, they crashed into a different planet. Oh, okay. I thought that. They, was they looked like Mars to me because it was kind of red. Hmm. It was another planet. No, yeah. but that's yeah. That's a good question. There's a paw coming from under the door. Oh, oh, another, uh, another plot hole. It's not necessarily a plot hole. I'm just wanting to know where does Cornelius go to get fake multipasses? Like he's a priest. Who does he know? (laughs) Apparently he knows everybody, but he has a bad memory. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I do love the scene of him and Zorg with the cherry. Yeah. Oh, that was good. Yeah. That was a very, yeah. I like the, the little creature he has in his desk. Mm. Uh, he's like laughing. super happy to see that was a random him. Then he gets spit on, and puppet. then later we see it wrapped around Zorg's neck. It's like, what is that? And why do you keep it in your desk? And I f- like, I feel like it was a puppet the puppetry team had created for something else, and it got taken out. And they're like, hey, can we use this? Can we? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah we I, need to put it on camera. Yeah. So it gets its use. Hey, it was it was cool. It was fun to see. It was a. Uh, I I all, all his desk did such interesting things like cards would throw up like randomly out of his desk yeah uh the very there was a balloon there uh, there was a balloon and there was a uh, like a uh life lifeboat or oh, something yeah. that started coming up i was like what the hell are you designing In your desk you are like <laughs> you, you are miles up like i'm sorry but that's <laughs> not gonna help you oh you're gonna die on the way down in traffic i do want to know based on that point uh, Corbin's jacket that he goes on the ship with. What is are the little compartments on his shoulder for? I don't know, but I thought it was cool. I was a like, bunch of, I'd like, wear little, that jacket. They're like rectangles in yeah. pockets. I'm like, what are those? Weed. Batman's pockets. utility belt <laughs> on your arm. I mean, I, I, I don't know. He's special forces, so maybe there's some weaponry in there. Yeah. Who was so? Somebody's calling you on the phone, and his name is Finger. Okay. Yeah. That's his boss. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. His boss. His it didn't sound boss. like his boss. Like a friend, an old friend. Because he says something about "Where's my cab?" Yeah, I thought he said "Where's my cash?" No cab. It, okay. The first yeah. phone call of the morning yeah. was. It's the same person. Yeah, yeah, I got two that. calls. I just thought so I thought he it was, was about like, money "Hey, yeah, you're he, almost out of points. He, you yeah. need to come bring your car back in." Yeah, he says something about "Where's my cab?" and he's like, "It's fine." Eyes. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. I. Oh, I was on my way to you. Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe he said cash and there was something like there was a subplot there that was not developed. I, I did like how Corbin Dallas's uh uh like list of achievements was essentially a phone book. Yeah. It's like his knowledge of weapons. That's a lot of weapons. Well Seth, even though you fell asleep, do you have a favorite scene? Probably uh, not. I do. I really liked the reconstruction scene. Mm-hmm. That was I a thought cool that scene. looked really, really, really cool, and then like seeing the way that she acted like, when she came back to life. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That was cool. Yeah, punching it, through she... it and hitting the guy. Which wait a minute, hold on, pause. What if the guy? What if all those people were frozen in there, in the fridge, and they reconstructed them? Because all they need is DNA. That's true. Because they looked true. awfully dead. Yeah. His they eyes did so not dead. move. Like yeah. But later we see him. Maybe that's what happened. <laughs> I love that girl they hired. <laughs> she she just looks like the most buff and buff. butch Princess Leia <laughs> in the galaxy. Yeah. Mm. It's like, She's gonna be, be your wife. wife. <laughs> no, she like, won't. I'm not yeah. going. <laughs> it's like I'll be the wife. Really, like if you want to be serious here, take off the buns, honey. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> if you can detach that, we got problems. <laughs> Uh, she did, even though you you had to take a phone call earlier. But uh, mm. I was saying she worked with Luke for months, like she had eight months of rehearsal on this movie. Uh, she worked with him a lot, uh, coming up with the way she acted. Mm. But she pretty much invented all the movements herself. That's cool. Like the way she walks, the way she reacts, the way she's looking around. 
Mm. Uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, she's an interesting character. Uh, I really liked her from what I saw. Mm-hmm. Kendall, favorite scene? Uh, diva. The diva scene. Yeah. That is cool. Um, that scene, he does it a few times in this movie. Uh, at least twice, because we also have where the plane's taking off, where he crosses the scenes over. Like that's what he I was talking about, like all, his, like his comedic timing. Yeah, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, and like they do that with the diva scene where, like, it goes back between her dance and the fight with yeah. Lilu and the Mongolors. Right, and then there's a scene where he's like, "Where are the stones?" and Lilu's explaining yeah. it all, which is like it's a fun, tense action scene. Yeah, but actually, it is kind of comedic with the fight scene at least like there's one point where uh the guy punch throws a punch she grabs his arm throws another and she grabs his arm and then he, he looks at her hands and then she like kicks from down below right which i guess they was a fake leg apparently oh. i found out later like she she was learning martial arts for this movie but she was early on in it and oh. so she couldn't kick that high and so they just had a fake leg below that that's they cool threw up yeah at his face but yeah, I love the diva scene. I found out Luke Besson was in a relationship with the lady who played the diva for six years till this movie, and then he left her for Mila. And then she left him for Paul W.S. Anderson. Yeah. This is were, I think terrible. They were, yeah, he was 38 wow. and she was 19 <clears throat> when they got married. That's That happens. It's life. But yeah pretty crazy yeah 20 years difference i just feel like that'd be hard to relate i do feel like it would be hard like i I could see 10 years because like you kind of exist in the same space like you go you evolve and kind of go through the past 10 years together just different perspectives like you're not too far removed Mm -hmm. but i definitely feel like 20 years is too much but you have so much they can tell you I guess yeah. He's like, <laughs> man, back in the back 70s. in my day, like <laughs> it's like okay, like Jesus. If you say that one more time, I'm gonna leave you. Although he he does seem like he, at least when this movie was out, he was pretty young at heart. Like he had the the bleached blonde spiky hair, right? Like of the 90s. Yeah, that's uh, why he. That's really why he said, "Come up to my hotel." And though. he was releasing the movie. He started writing when he was 16. So, right. Uh, I think my favorite scene is probably. Probably just like Ruby and his interaction with Dallas at the opera house, like especially like here, hold this gun here, and he shoots the guy, and he's like, "Are you okay? Are you okay? Is this all right? Okay?" Like, what planet do you live on where you take a bullet to the head and you're not, you're okay? Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, he's gonna be fine. Everett, yeah. yours? Uh, my favorite scene is the car chase. Oh, at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I love car chase scenes. This is. Probably my favorite. It's definitely one of the best. Is Fast and Furious. Took you drift. No. <laughs> my favorite is from the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. The uh, Nick Fury. Yeah, the Nick Fury car chase scene. Yeah. That one's my favorite, but this is definitely up there. Because yeah. it's flying cars. It yeah. is flying cars, and like I think this might have been the first fully CG car chase scene that I ever remember seeing. Hmm. Not just the chase itself, but him meeting Lilu, and he's like, oh, "God, why am I going to do this?" And so he yeah. takes off. It rips the the line off of the, the police cop car. car. Yeah, and then he's the car is like, "You have been removed. One of your credits has been Four, re- yeah, removed." Yeah, five credits. Four, and Four. so he's like, "I know," and he rips, rips the cord off. That was awesome. I did not feel like the police suits in this film were very practical at all. Like you have a big lamp you're carrying here that's only <laughs> over one shoulder, and if you move too fast, I'm sure that's going to eat it. They're definitely not practical for getting food because Obviously those gloves not. were huge, yeah, and they're when they're gloves. when they're handing stuff, I'm like, how is that working? How are you grabbing those cups? Hockey gloves and hockey pads. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these guys I later reappear. Actually, they're safe. in their past life. They were they were in the Dark Knight. Oh. Because we're in the future. And the president was a distant uh, relative of the guy on the ship, the prison ship. Right, yeah. <laughs> Descendant. All right. Oh, that's Sweet hmm. All right. You liked it, though, I of did. what you saw. Of what I saw, yeah. I you liked Lilu. You better watch mm. this on your vacation, your trip. I don't know if I'll be able to. In the car, what are you going to do? 
Uh, I got a lot of things. Yeah, I don't know if you, you have maybe you've just recognized her from our pop figures. Which Maybe, like? but I know I've seen a picture. It's a very iconic look. Yeah. Like, especially with the, the straps, yeah, the, uh, the, the bandages. When, when she had the... Are really cool. And, I mean, it, the hair stands out, like the... Oh, yeah. The orange, which I... Oh, this was an interesting thing I heard. They dyed it, or they bleached it, mm. and then they put the orange in. Mm. And through filming, after so much t- touch-up, her hair started falling out. I would believe and that. And so halfway through the movie, Lilu is a in a wig. wig yeah wow should have been a wig from the get-go like yeah it's too yeah. unnatural to sustain be careful kids <laughs> that is the message of the day look at you that your okay. favorite spot bye okay bye okay bye okay bye i don't know why i went with minor <laughs> <laughs> made it creepy Hey guys, thanks once again for listening to Geek Cinema Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed it. If you did, could you go subscribe to us on iTunes or your podcast app? That would help us out a lot. Or go leave us a review on iTunes. That also makes a huge difference in the iTunes podcast field. Uh, Is that the right term? I don't know. I don't care. Just go uh, subscribe if you want to, and then you can join us next week for Wonder Woman. It comes out this week um actually it's probably doing previews tonight while i'm putting this up so if you want to go see that go catch it and then come back and listen to the wonder woman episode on wednesday and we'll uh hope you enjoy it i don't know what else to say other than you can go check us out online at facebook.com slash geeks pod twitter.com slash geeks pod and on Instagram at Geek Cinema, or we have our website, geekcinemapod.com. You can contact us at all of those and say hi, say I like your podcast, say I hate all of your voices. They're obnoxious. Either way, just come say hi or something. Give us suggestions for movies you want us to go over, and we will see you next week. Bada bing, bada boom.